to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock, and Julie, doesn't it seem recently, well, maybe longer than recently, Every single person who works on the Grit and Grace team has been faced with a lot of life challenges that have been really, really difficult. I would agree with that. Hey, girl, hey, I'm Julie Graham. Um, I've definitely had my recent share of things being difficult, and I kind of feel like I've moved into a slightly easier season, but you're right. As I look around the table when we gather together for our staff meetings, both remotely and in person, it does seem like there's request after request of hard things happening either in our actual team members' lives or in the lives of people that they are very close to. And sometimes those burdens are just as hard to carry. They are. And we are all women who cling to our faith, who have a faith in Jesus as our Savior, God as our Father. And yet that doesn't leave us free of this pain, free of these challenges, free of this heartache Actually, quite the opposite. Sometimes it feels like we're getting hit pretty darn hard. I think part of the issue with seeing difficulty in our lives and that being frustrating is we sometimes buy into the cultural belief that if you have faith in a personal God, then your life is easier. But the Bible teaches the exact opposite, that we will have suffering, we will have trials, and we will have difficulties. And yet, where does that leave us in the day-to-day? And how do we actually walk that out with both grit and grace. That's what we want to talk about on this episode. We do. And I think our starting place is recognizing the fact that our faith does mean that we have a relationship with a personal God. Every single challenge that we face, He's there for. Everything that we go through, He's already gone through. So there's a relatability there that I don't think you have without your faith. So you have a good starting place when you know that life challenges are going to hit. Well, and what really sets us apart here at the Grit and Grace Project, and maybe even more specifically as the two women who co-host this <laughs> Grit and Grace life is we're willing to maybe ruffle some feathers now and then in our conversations and say, yes, we're women of faith who believe it's both and, that our faith makes our life easier at times. And you know what? Sometimes it makes it a lot harder. Absolutely true, Julie. And in addition to that, we're not afraid to have hard conversations and to talk about all things we deal with. We don't believe you can just dress up this life in this pretty facade. We don't think that it is unmessy and it is unchallenging. And we're willing to talk about some of the challenges that we face and some of the heartaches that we experience because we think that's part of the world we live in. I'm going to give a perfect example right now of what you just said by sort of unsaying something that you said. Okay. (laughs) This should be interesting. That works for us. You said that we're not afraid to talk about it. And this is kind of our perspective, I think, at This Grit Grace Life. And you're the boss and you can totally edit this out if you think I'm wrong. But (laughs) I actually am sometimes afraid to talk about it because I am a Christian woman. And some of the struggles I have or the doubts I face or the life circumstances I find myself in, sometimes they're messy and confusing. And I'm, you know, I'm at a stalemate and I need a second to figure out what I'm going to do or what do I think God's calling me to? Or, hey, I'm just fumbling for a second, but it doesn't mean I'm leaving my faith. It means I'm finding my footing. And so sometimes I am afraid to talk about them, but I believe God has called us 
to be women who are willing to be honest and talk about how our real life issues come up against our faith. I think you're absolutely right, Julie. And, you know, you'd, I'm not going to edit this out. <laughs> yeah, because it is what we're about. And uh, we want to encourage women to not go to everybody. You don't need to tell the whole world the challenges that you're facing, but you do find the situations that you can talk about it in. And for you and I, we just get out a mic and start talking, do we not? So that works for and us. And hopefully it's part of helping somebody else through their sticky situations, through their confusing faith and non-faith that they don't recognize is actually still a faith issue, right? right. Yeah. So I think today we're going to unpack a few of those things that you may be a little bit frustrated or hurt or challenged with places in life that you go, but in the Christian world, they're telling us there is an answer to this, mm-hmm. okay? And so for all of our single friends out there, which you're one right this now, Julie. you want to sing, all oh, the single ladies. Are you allowed to be talking about your faith and then singing Beyonce? I think On you this are. Grit and Grace Life, you yeah. can. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Julie's over there dancing totally too, bopping. just so y'all know. <laughs> Yes, we would say, yes, you can. Mm -hmm. But I think in Christendom, there's a, oh, just wait. The man will come into your life. The right man, you haven't found yet. He will be there. And he might. Mm -hmm. He might. But he might not. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the terrifying thing for women who find themselves single and they, you know, they go to church, they go to the, the meetings where there's married couples, they go to the events where they feel left out. But they think, if I don't find that person, then I have not completed the all me. I am not everything I'm supposed to be. And I'm telling you right here, girls, that is so not true. And I've caught myself wanting to say it to somebody um, you know, who is single and maybe talking about her desire to be married. Now, there are, there are women who are on either side of this that desire to be married or don't desire to be married. And then you get the Christians who are saying that either side is wrong, that, oh, of course you should want to be married, or we want to automatically say, well, just because he, you know, you haven't found him yet, or when you stop looking, he'll just show up. And these are just, we don't actually know what's going to happen with all of that. And we've got to learn to um, support our single friends in their singleness and, and remind them that their value and worth does not come from whether they're in a relationship or not. No, and I have a dear friend, Julie, that I have watched her single life, her entire adult life. She's not found that man. She hasn't found the one that is the perfect mate. But you know what this girl has done? She has built an amazing career. I'm talking amazing career. She has traveled the world when her sister's daughter, who is going through the horrible teenage years, Mm -hmm. would listen to nothing her parents said and ran away multiple times. My friend said, send her to me. Send her to my home. She's going to come and live with me. And those three years, it was three years of putting up with a teenager, my poor friend, I don't know how she did it, Mm because I don't even know how you do it with both parents in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, She helped turn this girl's life around. There's so much richness that can be had, whether you have a spouse or not. So, you know, we're saying you don't, that isn't the right answer. It may be an answer, but it may not be the one for you kind of sticking to the nature of this conversation of it being, it can be both hard, but also still doable for this grit and grace life. You may be single right now and frustrated by it. 
And we're here to say that that's okay. God can handle you being frustrated in your singleness. Um, This morning when I was having my coffee and Bible, uh, the passage that I was reading was, I believe it was Psalm 84. I was not prepared for this to be so specific. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I noticed that in that passage in my Bible, I had written next to one of the verses that talked about God being faithful in his timing. I wrote 11-12-2018 singleness. I was struggling as I read that passage with the fact that I was done being single, okay? It had been a whole year. (laughs) But if you've heard my story, you know, episode 101, my marriage was very lonely. And so I had come out of a hard, difficult marriage and now had been single for a year and desired to find a, a life partner. And I'm, it's okay to be honest with God and say, hey, this is where I am. And I'm, I'm, calling myself in faith and hope to believe that you're still present in this, but I'm being honest and saying, I'm struggling with my singleness today. I think that's where grit and grace women maybe approach their faith in a raw and a real way that might be a little different than what you're familiar with. Absolutely. And I also think, Julie, I always have to say this, just because you're lonely, don't end up with the dipstick, okay? Don't end up with the guy who is it worth building a relationship with? Work out your place in life, knowing that you have worth and that you will, if you're to find that man, you will. If not, God will lead you down another road. Mm -hmm. He'll lead you down one that has such amazing opportunity and purpose. For sure. I 100% agree with that. And I record this a year later after writing that note in my Bible, still a single mom. And you know, God has done so much in my life and he's still teaching me through my singleness. But I'm also willing to say I still have a desire to be married, but not unless it's right, not unless the timing is right. Um, and I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm with, as you said, a dipstick. So yeah, I need to be patient. I've seen you walk away from a couple of them already. So. <laughs> I, I have. That's true. <laughs> next. Thank you, next. Ariana yeah. Grande. <laughs> that's actually been one of my theme songs over the last couple of years. I love it. Thank Gotta have next. those. Gotta have those. <laughs> I think another one that we tend to not know what to do with is when we're raising our children, There is a season, and it's usually preteen through the teen years into early adulthood, that your kids can flat turn their back on everything you are, that you have to say, that you believe in, and start arguing with all of it, doubting all of it, uh, even venturing into things that you wish they hadn't, whether it is, you know, potential addictions or, you know, relationships that are unhealthy or whatever. Um, this happens. Uh, you know, I would love to tell young moms, your child will never run down this road. Sorry, ladies, not going to necessarily be true. Mm. They may not, but they might. That doesn't mean it's the end of it, but they might. And it's something that in the Christian world, it's terrifying because you think I'm a really bad mom. What did I do wrong? And yet your child is going somewhere you wish they didn't. I mean, as you're talking, I'm sitting here, you guys know that I struggle mainly in motherhood. And so I'm already sitting here thinking of all the ways I'm pretty sure I've messed Lincoln up at five years old. And so I'm like, oh, wait, we're saying it's going to get worse when he gets older. Um, And that's my own, you know, my own insecurity that I need to be able to take to the Lord and trust that I'm being faithful and he's even more faithful to my son. Um, And I think that that's ultimately the truth that we need to be able to walk in if and when we are experiencing these types of struggles that you're talking about with maybe your older kids. 
Well, and Julie, I think what we forget is it's a moment in time. You know, we look back at our lives and we can pick out moments in our time. At least I can. You were probably perfect forever, weren't you, Julie? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. No. Okay. Or maybe not. (laughs) Nope. Um, But I can pick out seasons of my life that I wasn't doing all that great. Mm -hmm. I was not living any way that I should. But it was a part of my life. It's not all of my life. And I think we need to look at our children in the same way. It is a part of their life. And it may be a valuable part of their life that makes them something they would not have been had they not experienced it. Okay. So, I mean, let's take it all the way. What if my son ends up in jail? We've talked about this in a joking manner, but hey, let's say he starts down a path when he gets older and he ends up there. Is that my responsibility? Is that something I allowed to happen? How am I supposed to look at that? Julie, you make life choices. I make life choices. Our children make life choices. There's a point where we cannot dictate what they're going to do or who they're going to be. All we can do is love them, realize that's only a part of their story. It is not their whole story. And again, it may be a part that helps them become everything they were intended to be. Now, I'm not saying I was a perfect mother. I'm not saying any mother is a perfect mother and we do it all right But we cannot be responsible for another person's decisions, even if it's our own kids. I mean, American Christian culture kind of tells us that if we get our kid in church, you know, at least by the time they're in preschool, and successfully have them there once, eh, maybe twice a week until they hit youth group age, everything will be great as long as they keep going to youth group. Well, and it's a good thing. I mean, we should involve our kids in church and we should help them know what the Bible says. But it's not a vaccination against life, okay? (laughs) It does not preclude them doing things and experimenting in things that you wish they didn't. It just doesn't. I'd love to say it does. It will help, all right? Because when it's in their heart and in their lives, they have so much more opportunity to come back to it. But that doesn't mean they're not going to walk away from it. I mean, if I were to get real honest, I could tell you some of the crazy things I learned while at youth group as a middle and high school student. So getting them to church is not the answer. But our responsibility as parents is to love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to teach our kids through our own example about the faith that we love and share in in a way that they will hopefully want to live their life the same way. And then we know that just like our relationship with God is personal, their relationship with God is also personal. Yeah. And if you find out instead of appearing in youth group like they're supposed to when you've dropped them off, that they're actually walking around downtown instead. (laughs) Once you figure that out, which I did with one of my children, you call them down on it and you tell them if they don't go, they're in serious trouble and everything else will be banned in their life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> little little incentives like that. So as a single mom to a still young boy, I could be overcome with fear over how he may turn out and if I'm doing it well enough. And a lot of days that's where I am. Is that where I should be? Or is there hope for me? Or is there an encouragement you can give me as one who's been there? Yeah, Julie, I think that every day, whether they're five, whether they're 10, 15, doesn't matter what age, you live in that day. You become the best mom you can become that day. Sometimes it'll be confusing. Sometimes you will think, I don't know how to deal with this challenge, but you will be the best mom in that day. Whether it's reaching out to other people to help you, Mm -hmm. 
whether it's going to counseling or whether it's just locking them in their room, you'll figure it out. (laughs) And they really will be fine. At the end of the day, they will get through these challenges. Just don't feel like you have to pretend they don't exist. Don't feel like you have to hide your, your challenges with your children from everyone else because you don't want to be judged. You want to be able to share them so you can get encouragement and hope from others. I know for me, the other day, we were having a frustrating homework time that went right up into dinner time, um, and we sat down to pray before we ate, and I invited Lincoln to pray, and he maybe said two words, which was not sufficient because, you know, I want to train him to want to pray or whatever. Um, So I went into a longer prayer, um, and as soon as I started praying, I was like, ugh, this is not good. We need a we need a family reset in this moment. And so I just said, God, I'm frustrated right now. I'm frustrated with the way Lincoln's attitude has been and the way mine has been. And we want to enjoy this food that you've given to us. And so thank you that you never get frustrated with us the way we can get frustrated with each other. And so help this meal to be a time for us to just hang out and enjoy being together again and kind of just press restart. I mean, that's sometimes as good as I can get. And I feel like that's as simple as it is sometimes, like you're talking about living in the moment, doing the best we can, um, and not getting so worried about what's going to happen next or if we're doing it all well or right or good enough. Yeah. And I think, Julie, honesty with our children is tantamount to successful parenting. Mm -hmm. We don't pretend like we have it all together and we don't pretend like we have all the answers. We actually can say, I'm really frustrated. I need help. We need to reset. We need to figure this out. That's part of it. And actually, that's probably one of the most successful parts of it. It'll build your relationship of trust with your child, whether, again, they are little or they are teenagers or they have just left home. So we want to speak to the woman who maybe she's frustrated in her singleness or maybe she is dealing with a prodigal child or some other doubt or struggle in her faith journey right now. And she's overcome with shame and guilt and fear that she needs to now fix it. It's not on you. And it's not on you, but there are some things that you can be doing that maybe you're not hearing from Christendom. Maybe the phrases that we throw around to each other that are supposed to be little Christian band-aids haven't been helping because the truth is, is they usually just don't help. So true, Julie. And I think starting your starting place in life is honesty, to be vulnerable and honest about where you are, what you're dealing with, what you're struggling with. And I think where we started is that women who have a faith are afraid of that because it might make them look like they are less than or that they will be judged, or they will be subjected to all of the fixes that may not fix them at that moment. So I think we have to start with, let's just be honest about where we are. Now, there's wisdom in choosing who to be honest with. If there's something we've repeated in different ways on this show, it's this concept, but I'm okay with it because women need to learn to find safe people that they can be their 100% real self with. Um, And it's hard. It's scary. And sometimes you get burned because you think somebody's safe and they're not. Well, you thought they were going to be safe because they were at your Bible study table. And then you share your heart and you, you know, confess that you had an affair on your spouse and you're met with daggers and judgment and kicked out of the Bible study. 
that's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not how God looks at you if these are the things that you're experiencing. Instead, he says, I know. I knew it all already, and I love you anyway. And so step one is to be to be willing to be honest about where you are, where you are in your faith, and to connect with other people who love God the way that you do and can support you in the good and the hard and the ugly and the difficult and the mess. And I think you'll be surprised at the fact that there are a whole lot of women out there where you are who are mm-hmm. equally afraid to say it out loud, mm-hmm. who are equally fearful of that judgment. Um, and, you know, you, it's funny, Julie, because I've been in those scenarios where someone says something out loud and kind of looks around the table, and then there will be two other women go, uh-huh, that's right, you're absolutely <laughs> right, I'm right there with you, my child is making me crazy. And you have found at that moment your people who are relatable, who understand where you are. And that is a wonderful community to end up in. That's a wonderful relationship to have because you're riding this life wave together. I think there are some who think if you're that safe friend to somebody, then you're saying, you know, your sin or your mistake or your mess is okay and you shouldn't do anything about it. And we're actually here to say, no, you can actually be willing to love somebody where they are and still love them to that next place that they're not mutually exclusive. And we think that's where sometimes the church, the American church, can steer people wrong in that you're not able to love somebody because they didn't do everything right. And ultimately, that's the kind of love we need. None of us are Jesus. (laughs) None of us are going to do everything right like he did. And we're just trying to model our lives after him, the way he loved people. I mean, some of the ways he loved people were so simple. Yeah. And we're just trying to live in this world as it is, as he did, Julie. Mm-hmm. He he did the same thing. He lived in the world as it is. I'm fascinated most by the humanity of the Bible, always have been, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament. But with Jesus, that's hard to say, Jesus's, Jesus's <laughs> life, okay? Um, with his life, you realize that he lived a pretty normal life. He had friends that he lived life with. He had family that he went to weddings with. Mm -hmm. Um, He had people who he could hang out and trusted, and they trusted him. And then he had people who could not stand him Mm -hmm. and wanted to do everything to bring him down. Does that sound a little bit familiar to real life? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, he had had a regular job before he pursued his full-time ministry, right? And so, I mean, I'll just keep it 100. When I left my job of ministry, I had people who didn't who couldn't understand why I would leave my official ministry position to go work here because how could that honor God? It's like, well, Jesus was a carpenter. Well, yeah. I have no carpentry skills, but you do. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) And I have tools to prove it. You know, I mean, it's like, I'm just trying to live my life the way that he did to have, like you said, both followers and haters. I mean, I'm I'm nailing that one, I think, right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. But that's a good thing if we're following in the footsteps of Christ. Um, You know, what's funny is that you just said the word leaving ministry. And I think that drives me crazy because if you work at a church or a Christian organization, you're in the ministry. Mm There's she did air quotes. You couldn't see it. Yes. Yeah, I did. I did air quotes. Yes, I did. Um, but that's not... The Bible doesn't say that at all. It doesn't say, you know, 
you have to work here to actually fulfill what mm-hmm. I've called you to do. It simply says to everybody, go out, preach the gospel, mm-hmm. tell people about my grace, tell people about my love, tell people about who I am and what I've done. It isn't an enter a church building and get paid by them very mm-hmm. pitifully because they don't pay very well. <laughs> um, but it does not say that constitutes actually fulfilling mm-hmm. a purpose uh, in life, one that encompasses your faith. I mean, fun fact, you should see people's faces now when they m- refer to my work here at the Grit and Grace Project about you know the ministry I work for. And most of the time I will correct them and say, well, we're not a ministry. We're an online magazine and podcast. And their jaw drops, especially if they're Christians. It's not a ministry? Well, no, we're, we're a website and a podcast run by Christian people, but we wouldn't call ourselves a ministry. And it's okay, because my life is my ministry. What we continue to say here at the Grit and Grace Project is we are women of faith living in the real world, dealing with real life. And in that, every single day should be our ministry. Mm-hmm whether it's how we deal with our difficult children or make a full life, whether it's turned out the way that we wanted to or expected to or not. You know, I think every part of our life should be lived out in our faith, but done so in the real world. Yeah, which acknowledges that we mess up and things don't always go our way. And sometimes we struggle in our faith or have doubts because of that, but we keep going back to the source of our faith which is God. And we're asking him for the grit and the grace that we need to continue to honor him. And then when we do dishonor him, we ask for his forgiveness that is freely given and which is why we love him to begin with and exactly how he loves us fully. The responsibility of fixing everything is not ours. I think we don't realize that all the problems in life are not ours to fix and everyone to fix them as well. It's not. It's not ours to do. Um, instead, we need to just love them and trust that it's his to do. Yep. But I mean, ultimately, every problem I have in my life, I could probably go back to, hey, I'm actually not God. That's the solution to this problem. Remembering that he is sovereign, which is a big fancy churchy word that just means he's in control of everything and I am not. And that is incredibly good news most days. Actually, every day. <laughs> every, <laughs> every day. day. And to realize again that he had the same challenges we did. So nothing you're going to face is foreign to him. Nothing that you deal with, the heartbreak, the disappointment, the discouragement, he had it all. And he had the people who loved him, and he had the people who did not. So we can do it too in a real way. So from one grit and grace woman living in the real world, hoping to love Jesus with everything that I have and failing at it, most days and being picked up by God's grace, hear this. There are good things happening in your life and there are hard things happening in your life. And it's all on purpose. It's all part of your story that he's writing for you, for his glory. And you can trust him in every single part of it. You know, Julie, I think we need to go out of this episode with Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World. (laughs) Doesn't that just kind of feel all tingly at this point? (laughs) I wish that you were allowed to play music on podcasts, but you're not, which is so unfortunate. So go find it somewhere online and give it a listen. Can I end the quote like super, super basic and extra like I am that straight off a graphic tee that I would totally wear and let this be the quote of the show? Please do. Fix it, Jesus. Well, there you have it. Right? Yeah. All right, girls. So let's face this next week living in the real world with grit, 
grace, and a good God. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.